What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and I am fired up to be sharing this conversation with you. We have our first ever repeat guest. Yes, give him the trophy. First time an individual has been on Modern Day Marketer twice. I guess if we want to get into semantics, it was originally 3C podcast. Now it's Modern Day Marketer, but you get the deal. I got Jason Bradwell, Better B2B. He's one of my favorite marketers on Twitter, on LinkedIn, always bringing some really good energy in these conversations. We're exploring the disconnect and the erosion between sales and marketing and what we can do as marketers to tighten that gap. It's a very, very important topic right now, a timely topic for us as we are getting ready to launch intent signals to help support this problem. If you like what we're doing over here, follow subscribe, all those things. Most importantly, tell a damn marketing friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm excited about this one. We have the first repeat guest uh, on the show, and it seems like forever ago that I chatted uh, with our guest today. I'm joined by Jason Bradwell. You probably know him from his content. He's very active on Twitter, B2B Better, Got the podcast and a, a newsletter, always providing awesome value to the marketing community. Today, a very good topic, I think very timely topic. We're going to be talking about exploring the disconnect between marketing and sales and what we can do as marketers to improve it. Uh, but without further ado, Jason, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing great, but I'm very nervous. Now that you said I'm the first repeat guest, it feels like there is an immense amount of pressure on my shoulders to make this even better than our first interview, uh, which I wasn't prepared for. But no, I'm glad to be back. (laughs) The first one was one of my favorites. So I know this one um, will be right up there. So I I think just the the topic, right? Uh, You know, we are so focused these days, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast about brand building, providing value to our customers that I think oftentimes just in B2B marketing circles, we kind of lose sight of the conversation regarding marketing and sales in alignment. And to me, this topic is near and dear to my heart. So maybe just like, even before we dive into it, just share, maybe share some just like overall general perspective on your career and just like alignment with sales and is it something that you have always been mindful of, or it was? Is, has this been something later in your career you've you've um, dug into a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think just to kind of kick off, when I first started my career as a marketer, I never really thought about how we were integrating into sales. To me, they were always two sides of the same coin, sure, but they were separate functions that would se- that would operate their own separate strategies. And they were connected at one point in the middle, which is some sort of handover in regards to in regards to leads. And it wasn't until I kind of started taking more senior leadership roles within the businesses I've worked in over the course of my career, where I've you know come to realize you couldn't be more further from the truth. Sales and marketing are the same beast, um, at least in the eyes of your customer. Right, because for them, they don't care whether they're in the marketing funnel or the sales funnel or the customer success, you know, customer advocacy funnel. They are in their own funnel, which is an information one. You know, they want to get access to the right information at the right time in the right format that helps them answer a specific question. And it is up to us as brands and marketers and salespeople to make sure that we are giving it to them. 
and you know that's a bit cliche and, and everyone kind of says it but it's but it's the truth you know for your customer all they need is that information and i think if more b2b brands were to kind of adopt that mindset they would see they would see much better results now i think just in general general it seems like a lot of the conversation and you know businesses i've worked in it's kind of people say you know marketing and sales they're inherently disconnected which I think there's some truth to that, but I think it's so situational. Do you think like generally based on maybe when you started your career to where you're, you are now that marketing and sales are more connected than maybe they were, you know, five to 10 years ago, or do you feel like there's still some fragmentation between the two groups? There's definitely fragmentation. And I think to kind of what you just said there, it's important to caveat anything that we say on these podcasts <laughs> uh, that there is and a huge amount of nuance around each individual company's marketing and sales commercial strategy. Not everything that us marketers and salespeople say should be taken at face value for, for everybody. You know, And to that point, for me, I don't necessarily believe in playbooks, marketing or sales playbooks that can be applied you know, cookie cutter across every kind of business. I believe in principles. You know, do you want your customers to trust you? Yes. Do you want them to be educated by you? Yes. Do you want them to be entertained by you? Yes. How that manifests itself across your business and your go-to-market commercial strategy, you know, will will depend. So let me get that out of the way first. In terms of the question, do I still see fragmentation? Absolutely, but I think it's on a it's on a spectrum. I think organizations that were kind of born in the quote-unquote digital age, you know, with the internet are perhaps more likely or further ahead in their development of a modern day commercial strategy because they have had access to a vast array of more channels in order to engage with their, with their potential customers than a big kind of enterprise legacy company that was established 25, 30, 45 years ago had. So I think it's a spectrum. I think you know the companies, predominantly SaaS tech companies that were born in the internet era are further ahead in bringing their sales and marketing teams closer together and developing a more cohesive strategy. The ones that have been around for a little longer have developed bad habits, what would today be considered bad habits, but maybe worked when, when they first started out. They're perhaps a little bit further behind. How are they disconnected? Um, I really break it down into kind of two buckets. One is a practical one, you know, just looking at things like processes, what does lead handover look like? What does lead follow-up look like? You know, does a marketing and sales team have an SLA in place to manage that? Do they have, you know, infrastructure? Are they sharing the same CRM, which surprisingly, you know, not ha- doesn't happen with many kind of legacy, uh, long-standing established B2B companies um, who are operating off of individual spreadsheets. You know, do they have good communication flows around insights on both the marketing and the sales side? You know, these are kind of like practical considerations around where you may start seeing some disconnect. On the other bucket, it's more of a philosophical thing. You know, what are our goals? You know, as both a marketing and a sales, but ultimately commercial function. You know, what are we all going after? And you'll see this in many enterprise organizations, well-established, long-standing enterprise organizations. Those goals are misaligned. You know, what is our intention? What are we here to do? Are we both capturing demand, which is you know basically trying to convert those customers that are in market, which is typically what happens. You set marketing and sales after the same relatively small group of people who are actually in a position to buy, or is one of us creating demand, which is what you would typically expect to see in a modern day marketing team? And what is our status? 
within the organization. You know, I, I've certainly worked for companies where the sales team is incredibly large, incredibly well funded. One would say perhaps slightly bloated based on you know how modern day B2B buyers actually buy. Whereas the marketing team has been kind of relegated to more of a box ticking exercise, you know, is the website up and running? Yes. Are we sending out the press releases when we need to? Yes. Are we doing that one big trade show a year? Yes. Okay. Marketing done. So yeah, where that disconnect happens, practical, philosophical, that's where you need to look. Love it. And thinking about just the, the expectations of the people that we're trying to reach, because I think the buyer is the you know in control and is the most important consideration we should be making when thinking about sales and marketing. I'll give you an example and probably one you can relate to a little bit. I was giving my daughter a bath this past week, and I was I, I, I realized quickly that I was literally on the last thing of shampoo. It was like over, and so after I you know took her out, dried her off, changed her, got her ready for bed put her down. The first thing I, I thought about was, well, in a, you know, a couple of days, I'm going to have to give her another bath. So let me go to Amazon, try to find the shampoo that we were just using. And it, it wasn't there. And I knew I only had so much time to get the shampoo back. So we were giving her a bath in a couple of days. So since it wasn't there, I took the listing at the top and I looked at some reviews and said, you know, everyone was happy, but most importantly, I like took that and sent it to some of my friends who are dads and they're like, Hey, have you used this on your, your son or your daughter? And immediately back. Yeah, that's what we use. It's great. Okay. Boom. Buy it now. They went to bed, shows up on my front porch the next day, the new shampoo is ready and then problem solved. So I think about that scenario personally, um, we all go through it as consumers, as parents, where if we got a problem, we can get it solved immediately. And I think about just like, kind of the some of the experiences that we go through on the B2B side as people who have problems and are looking to buy and they're really they're fr- they're friction filled and most of the time they're the processes that the sales team is putting together in order to optimize their metrics and getting people in the funnel and track the way they want and so I go through these experiences when I'm trying to learn I'm sure you can relate to as well so I don't know. Why, why do you think like so much of those bad friction-filled experiences still exist when we can like pull out our iPhones or Androids and literally buy shampoo and it'll be on our door in an instance? Like, why do these so much of these still exist? And then like as marketers, like what what can we be doing to help kind of eliminate some of these barriers and create better experiences for our kind of future customers that also help sales do what they need to do. And that's sell the product you're trying to market. Definitely. First thing I'll say is, you know, you're a good dad. Cause I think when <laughs> I've been cleaning, you know, my daughter in the bath and the shampoos run out, usually because she's tipped it all out into the bath, I've, you know, resorted just to using my regular shampoo or my wife's <laughs> regular shampoo because I need to get her clean. So, so good on you for, for putting in the extra work. Um, you know, why, why do I think we continue putting in place these like outdated experiences um, for customers. I think I think it's because, you know, to some degree they still work. You know, it, it's 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 not like we've entered a time where creating a white paper and sticking it behind a registration wall and you know pumping a bunch of traffic at it is not going to convert into generating a list of names that you can hand over to sales and they can 
give a call to or, or send a cold email to, you know, that kind of thing still, still works. But I think predominantly in, I think it still works, but it, it's providing diminishing returns. And I think you feel this more keenly, again, looking at perhaps small to medium-sized businesses or, or businesses that are internet-based or SaaS or things like that, you know, where there is a sh- perhaps a shorter sales window or shorter kind of sales cycles. You don't feel it so keenly more on the kind of legacy enterprise B2B side of things where, you know, you're perhaps selling multi-million dollar deals, maybe like a dozen of them a year or something. And historically it has been a predominantly sales-led motion. But you know, the point is, is despite them working, if you kind of take a, a bird's eye view, long-term view, what you will undoubtedly see in almost every situation is it is producing diminishing returns. You are not seeing the quantity or the quality of those leads that are downloading, downloading your white paper or the conversion of those into actual commercial opportunities growing. It, it is declining at different rates, depending on the type of the business. And then the second reason why we do it is status quo. You know, when you're looking at these these businesses that have been around a long time, there are people within those businesses that have a vested interest in keeping things the same. Because perhaps you know you've got a you know uh, a, you know an individual or a group of individuals that have figured out a way to kind of game a system in order to make themselves or their team look look good to the to the board or to the executive leadership team. And you know, even if the leadership team perhaps recognizes that things aren't going as well as they perhaps used to. It's uncomfortable to like make hard choices and have hard conversations with people who are just used to doing things in a certain way and saying to them, you now need to retrain or you need to you know, fit into the business in a different way than you've been doing for the last 15, 20 years. But you know those hard conversations and, and hard choices need to be made at some point because you know whether or not you're a you're a, you're a tech SaaS company that you know that, that has to do it, or an enterprise company that doesn't have to do it right now. You will inevitably have to start doing it. And the third reason is, I think, kind of attribution. It's very very hard to measure that kind of experience that you just mentioned um, with with the shampoo and your daughter and, and kind of content, contacting your uh, your dad friends. You know, there's no way really the shampoo company would be able to kind of measure that journey that you went on that led to a sale through a tool or a piece of software. And lots of B2B marketers on the demand generation side of things talk about this. You know, attribution is 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 really, really hard and it encourages bad practices and bad behaviors. And I and I do buy into that. Ultimately, you know, if we're going to change things, it requires a shift in mindset at an executive leadership level and really a commitment to change. You cannot just say to the marketing team, "Yeah, yeah, we're going to do this way." You know, demand gen, you know, uh, c- demand creation, podcast, yada yada yada. But then we continue to run the same outdated sales playbook without changing anything on, on the other side because it's just going to create conflict and it's just going to pr- it's just going to produce friction. So it requires that change in mindset. It requires the investment. It requires an appropriate amount of time being afforded to a, to a marketing and a sales team to build this new strategy and actually start seeing results because it's not going to happen overnight. And yeah, it requires kind of like a restructuring restructuring of your approach. And that's a tough thing to go through and businesses have to be really committed to it to make it a success. What can marketing do? What could a marketer do who's listening to this podcast to start you know, moving things in the right direction? I think if you're coming at this from a position of being the you know, poor cousin 
of sales within your business, you know, one that has been historically underfunded and underutilized, it's hard. You know, it's hard to change that mindset. And the best thing you can do is work with your sales colleagues, the ones who recognize and acknowledge that things aren't working out the way that they perhaps should do. Um, they're not, we're not growing as quickly uh, uh, as we want to be. And, you know, find allies um, and run experiments with them that will give you the kind of data points and the credibility to go to your executive team, to go to your board and say, there is a better way of us doing things. You know, if we invest in employee advocacy, if we, you know, launch this new podcast um, as a means to generate word of mouth, if we run these kind of localized niche events, you know, we've, we've done this at a very micro level, give us the budget, the time to, to build on that and, you know, just rinse and repeat until you're at a point where that scale tips and that mindset shifts. You said so much there. I want to maybe laser in on just the example of that. First of all, I, I think just we status quo, we all have status quo syndrome and we see status quo syndrome that ha- happens throughout B2B. And it's just kind of funny because from a technology perspective, we're trying to innovate, build new product. So you would think we would want to be on the leading edge of some of these positive changes. However, we're just kind of stuck in the mud on a lot of them. And you mentioned it's kind of the CEO, like the CEO looks at it. And let's just say like the CEO looks at their marketing and sales team and maybe they're, 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 they're winning, but they're not hitting goals out of the park um, like he or she thinks they should. And so then the CEO does, you know, some investigation and realizes quickly there's a marketing and sales problem. Like, I'm curious if at the, at the top of the, the totem pole, that individual realizes a change needs to happen. Have you seen any models that you think help, can help improve this? Like I have heard uh, software companies having revenue teams where literally the marketing and sales team are one in the same. They both have their, you know, functions, but their goals are the exact same. And each, each, each kind of individual within that unit is kind of marching to the same uh, or the beat, same beat of the same drum. Um, I'm just curious, like from like an overall infrastructure, like CEO identifies problem. Like, is there anything you've seen or heard for ways to like jump out of that status quo and kind of start working on some positive change that'll impact the customer experience? Yeah, I'm going to answer that question in a slightly roundabout way, which is by saying what not to do and what I've seen not work. And that is hiring a chief revenue officer or a chief commercial officer who is responsible for both sales and marketing. I think on paper, it makes a, you know, it can make a lot of sense, you know, as a CEO who's perhaps looking at forecasts and pipeline. And, you know, as you say, maybe we're hitting numbers, but we're not really knocking things out of the park. And we really want to kind of pour some accelerant on it and, and get things moving to say, all right, well, I'm going to, I recognize marketing has a role to play in this established sales led motion. I'm going to bring in a chief commercial officer, a chief revenue officer who is, alongside the sales piece, also going to be tasked with building out the marketing function. And the reality is they do exist, but they are unicorns. You know What you will typically find in those scenarios is an individual who is a salesperson at heart, has perhaps had some exposure or experience you know, being responsible for a marketing team, but predominantly is a, is a salesperson. And again, it goes back to mindset. You know, That person is naturally going to fall back on and default to sales, predominantly sales-led tactics and strategies in order to, to win new business. So in terms of a model, you know, it's as simple as 
if you recognize things need to change and you have a well-established sales function that is not performing, bring in a marketing lead who can begin to balance the scales better between you know, demand creation and demand capture. Because if what you're seeing at the moment is both teams going after that, that second group, one, it's just kind of like a wasted resource because you've, you're basically setting up your sales and marketing team to compete with one another. And two, it's just not how you know, modern day B2B buyers buy, particularly in the companies I've worked with over my career, which are you know, incredibly long sales cycles, anything from you know, 12 months to three years in some cases. That requires a completely different approach, one that is geared towards more to demand creation where you're relying less on you going to your customers at the right time and instead encouraging them to come to you at the right time. So long, long-winded way of saying, if, if you're really serious about turbocharging your, your, kind of, uh, your, your, your ability to, to capture uh, and generate new revenue, bring in a marketing and a sales leader who have got given equal footing and the remit to build out well-balanced teams underneath them. Okay. So we've, we've, we've hired our marketing leader. We've hired our sales leader. They're in place and things are going really well. Fact of the matter is sales is always going to be focused on focused in on what sales should be focused in on, and that is generating new business. So no matter what strategic plan or initiative is in place at any of these organizations, the number one priority of the salesperson is going to be hitting their quota in their book of business. So I think that presents an opportunity for the marketer, right, to help find areas and opportunities to align or train sales in a way, whether it's messaging, content, things that they can do to better communicate on the other side uh, to the market. Uh, Is there, I guess, have you found any or been a part of any ways that you've seen this work where marketing gets involved and is not only supporting sales, but helping direct some of their efforts in a more modern way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can talk to an actual experiment that we ran, you know, at, at, at the company I currently work for, which was built around this idea of establishing our, our sales folk as as thought leaders within the space. And, you know, because so much, as I've already as I've already alluded to, you know, when you're operating across such long sales cycles and such short sales windows of opportunity, the ability to just stay top of mind and encourage your prospective buyers to come to you when they tip into market is is basically the aim of the game. And the best way of doing that is ensuring that your sales team, uh, whoever's out there kind of capturing demand, is visible. So what we did is we ran a small campaign, because again, that's that's what I mentioned earlier. You got to start small and, and build the business case, where we we basically interviewed a bunch of our sales folk um, on some hot button topics of the day. You know, what, what, what were their customers talking about? What were they concerned about? What were their questions? And as a marketing team, we spent 20, 30 minutes interviewing them. We packaged up that, that, that video into m- mini clips that uh, we attached some copy to. Uh, we didn't write the copy for the commercial team, but we encouraged them to write their own copy and we helped them kind of edit and optimize it. And then we help them develop a kind of distribution schedule and, you know, some kind of rules of engagement around, you know, were we going to respond to people who commented, we were going to like their comments, we're going to send them DMs, what have you, to try and encourage that conversation further. And then we rolled it out um, over the span of about 30 days. And what we saw over that period was the amount of engagement that a very small group of our commercial team got, because we only ran it with about three or four people, was about 200% more than 
the similar content that we were sharing across our, our brand channel. And I know for a fact that it ended up opening up a couple of conversations, commercial conversations um, that ultimately resulted in, in a couple of five-figure deals. Um, so that was just one small example of where marketing can you know, get stuck in and help train sales to speak to and engage with and get in front of buyers in the channels where they're actually spending time that is also non-intrusive and, and non-pushy because I think that's also key. Yeah, the I've, I've heard that you say this a lot throughout this and I think it's really, really important is testing small and running experiments. You didn't decide to roll this out with the entire sales team, but it's selecting a small group. Um, and then my, my assumption is based on seeing some results and seeing some wins for sales, that's an internal case study that you can package up and then, you know, even maybe like have a, have a meeting with all the sales team and get that sales rep to come up and talk about the experience. So winning is always a good way to see if sales and marketing changes and alignment are happening or effectively, but maybe like, is there anything else just that you can speak to? For anyone out there that's undergoing some kind of sales and marketing shifts and changes just to, to identify if if things are working or not. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, I think there's like a quantifiable aspect to this, which is, you know, is a number of marketing qualified leads, sales qualified leads that you're capturing going up? Is a number of, uh, is, is your pipeline going up? Is your sales velocity increasing? Is the amount of revenue that you're bringing in, you know, going up and to the right? All of those are obviously great indicators that things are going the way they should be going. But I think at a more kind of qualitative level, information sharing for me is, is key, you know, because what is happening on the marketing side of things can and should influence how the salespeople are, are closing deals. And similarly, what's happening on the sales side of things in regards to objections and, you know, where the, where, where people are falling out of the funnel should influence, you know, our messaging and how we're actually, you know, marketing our products and our services. I think, you know, if you're looking at this from a situation where kind of sales and marketing are disconnected, a really good measure of success is, is more data and insights and information flowing between both teams. And how you can measure that really depends on how your company is structured and set up. And, you know, it could be as simple as just like, you know, are there more kind of weekly catch-ups in the diary where these sales teams and marketing teams are coming together and actually sharing information? But that that kind of flow of data between the two teams, if that's increasing and the quality is getting better, um, that's a really good measure that things are, are heading in the right direction. We have covered a whole lot of ground. And if you're out there listening and you're thinking about building stronger relationships with your sales team. There is a lot to bite off from this conversation. Maybe Jason, before we let you go, what, what would be like the, the premium takeaway or the one piece of advice that you would give to anyone listening who is currently going through some changes to better align with their salespeople or thinking about how to go through these changes with their salespeople? I'm going to talk directly to the marketers who are listening to this podcast and say, pick up the phone and speak to your colleagues on the other side of the aisle because the pain and the friction and the frustration that you're feeling undoubtedly is being felt, maybe in a slightly different way, but it is being felt on the other side. And if you can pinpoint those individuals who are feeling that pain, it is a much easier task to go to your leadership and say, something needs to change. And here is the data that backs that up based on these experiments that we've run, that this strategy we have in mind is going to work. 
if it is being done as a joined up marketing and sales pitch, you know, things are a lot harder to, to achieve when just one or the other camp, especially if it's just marketing is, is trying to ignite change on their, on their own. Lot, lot there. So much good info. Round two is a success. Well done, Jason. Um, (laughs) But but we'll put all the links to your stuff in the show notes, but is there anything you're currently working on, excited about that you want to plug before we let you get out of here? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been doing my podcast B2B Better for the last two years, but I'm really doubling down on interviewing amazing marketers and salespeople on, on how to build a modern day B2B commercial function. And I'm excited to say that you'll be joining me on, on there soon. Um, so yeah, please check out B2B Better, my podcast. You can find the link on my website, jasonrbradwell.com or on my Twitter and LinkedIn. I always preach the collabs, do the double collabs. It's a good way to kind of get your message into new audiences. But Jason, thank you so much. I learned a ton and can't wait for round three sometime here soon. (laughs) So much pressure. Thanks, Brad. Yep. Take care. Thank you for listening to this conversation. You need to continue to consume content from Jason. I promise you It's the good stuff. Go follow him. Subscribe to all of his stuff. He is one of the best marketers that we have right now, putting out really good content on a regular basis. I'm going to plug him all day long. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Modern Day Marketer next week.